Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, uh, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Anybody got a physical Bible? You got it? Yeah, lift it up real high. Go, yeah, come on. I love it. I love seeing physical Bibles. You got an e-Bible, pull out your e-Bible. If you have something that you can write some things down without being distracted, uh, pull that out. Um, I believe God's going to speak to you today. John chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. From Galilee, Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish festivals. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate, there was a pool in the Aramaic. It was called the House of the Living Kindness, surrounded by five covered porches. I love this so much. Archaeologists have recently found this pool and these five covered porches. I love that we can know that this book, the Bible, is a historical, actual, factual book. And I love that we're having having these moments in history where we're showing it. Verse 3. Hundreds of sick people were lying under the covered porches, paralyzed, blind, crippled, all of them waiting to be healed. Verse four, the angel of the Lord periodically descended upon the pool, stirred the waters. The first one who stepped into the pool after the waters were swirled were instantly healed. Among the sick people lying there, there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a long time, okay? That's, that's a long time, 38 years, that's a long time, okay? When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew the man had been crippled for a long time. And Jesus said to him, do you truly long to be well? Another translation says this, do you want to get well? The sick man answered, there's no way. Here's Jesus asking him if he wants help asking him if he wants to be healed, asking him if he wants to be restored. And his first response is what? There's no way. There's no way. I've been stuck for 38 years. I've been here for 38 years. Nothing has changed in 38 years. And I think that's where a lot of us feel in our life. We're like, it's been a long season, and I've been stuck in these toxic cycles in my life for a long time. I would love to have freedom, but really, there is no way. I see no hope. I see no light. I see no course that I can take. There's no way. He says, I can't get healed. I have no one to lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I crawl to the edge of the pool, somebody jumps ahead of me. Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Immediately he stood up, he was healed. So he rolled up his mat and walked again. Now Jesus worked this miracle on the Sabbath. When the Jewish leaders saw the man walking Carrying his sleeping mat, they objected. What are you carrying? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? It is unlawful for you to carry things on the Sabbath. And the man responds. He answered, 
the man who healed me told me to pick it up and walk. Okay, point number one today is this. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? This word well is translated, if you take it and translate it, it's translated health, life, and provision. So when Jesus asked this man who had been crippled for 38 years, he's asking him this question, do you want your health back? Right? How many of you would go, yeah, I want my health back in Jesus' name. I'll take my health back. He's saying, do you want your health back? He's saying, do you want your life back? Because you've been stuck in this cycle for a long time. You've been stuck in the same place for a long time. Do you want your life back? Do you want the opportunity to have provision again? Jesus is coming to him. He's going, hey, do you want to get well? And I believe that Jesus is asking the same question to us today. Do you want to be well? Do you long? I love how Jesus, per, he phrased the question. He said, do you long in your soul to be healed, to be restored, to not repeat the same cycles that you've repeated year after year going into this new year? Do you want to be healed and restored so that you can have freedom in me? Now, it's amazing. If you ask anybody that has sickness, disease, infirmity, daily pain in their body, uh, cancer in their body. You ask anybody if they want to be healed, it will be a resounding yes a thousand times over, right? Because that sickness, that pain, that disease does what? It hinders their life. It hinders them from having freedom. It hinders them from experiencing life to the full. So 100%, they would say, yes, yes, I want to be healed. Now, when Jesus asked this question, he is asking the question, do you want to be physically healed? But I also believe that Jesus is asking the question in a very different way today, where he's asking, do you want your life to be healed? Like things like, do you want your trauma healed? Because... Trauma is one of the key factors of why we have toxic behavior in our life. See, all of us have moments in our life growing up that brought pain and trauma. And when that pain and trauma happened, what did, what did we all do? We figured out coping mechanisms, right? Now, what's interesting is when you're young, you're just not wise enough to create good habits in your life. So you create bad habits in your life. And so you create these toxic coping mechanisms when you're young, but guess what happens? You're now 32, you're now 40, you're now in these other different seasons of life. You're not in that trauma anymore, but you still have those toxic behaviors because you still have those coping mechanisms. And so the Lord goes, hey, do you want to be healed of your trauma so we can get rid of these coping mechanisms? Jesus goes, hey, do you want to be healed of that crippling fear? Because you make all kinds of poor decisions all the time based out of fear, not of faith. Think about how many bad decisions you've made because 
you are fearful. You are stressed. You are worried. You made a decision out of worry and stress and fear, not out of faith and trusting the Lord. The Lord goes, hey, do you want to be healed from all of your distractions? <laughs> you want to be healed of all the things that you think you need every day to survive and to cope? Do you want to be healed? And what's interesting is this. When we're talking about a physical healing in our body, the, the answer is always yes and amen. Yes, I will take that healing. But as it relates to the things that I just talked about, it's amazing how unenthusiastic we are about that healing, right? Because that healing is a deep healing. That healing cuts deep into our soul. Because here's the issue, so many of us, these toxic behaviors, these toxic coping mechanisms, we've actually just adopted them and called them our personality, right? That's just my personality. That's just who I am. That's just how I respond. And the Lord's going, no, no, that's not who you are. You adopted that. You, you held on to that. You made that a part of your personality. And I know this is what I believe. As I'm in the journey, because I want you to clearly hear this, I'm in the journey as much as you are in the journey of becoming more like Jesus. Like, I, I haven't arrived. I haven't reached the goal. And I won't ever until I see Jesus, but I'm in the process. And as I'm in the process of learning how to overcome, one of the things that I've learned from the Holy Spirit, his top concern for my life is getting rid of toxic behavior. See, we think God's top concern is to bless us. And, and he does wanna bless us. He just wants to make sure that when you receive that blessing, it's not a curse because you can't handle it because of the toxic behavior that you have in your life. Amen? He wants to make sure that you are in freedom and that the blessing that comes to you brings you into a greater sense of freedom and actually blesses other people. Point number two is this, 38. Interesting, the man that Jesus picked, because the Bible said there was hundreds of people there that were sick that day. Jesus picked one. 38 years. Interesting. What else is interesting is that Israel actually wandered in the desert for the same amount of time. 38 years. Wandering in the desert, trying to get to their what? Promised land. Here's a man that has been sick and crippled, waiting for 38 years to receive his healing, to go into his promised land. And Jesus handpicks him, and I think he handpicks him with purpose because of the length of time that he had been dealing with these things. Now, here's what I know. I know what it feels like to have toxic cycles in my life. Anybody else with me today, okay? I know what this feels like, like things like this, like anger. See, it was in ninth grade that that really started in my life. See, in junior high, um, I was tall and skinny and goofy and, and, and just kind of that odd middle school kid. You know what I'm talking about? Now, now listen, if you had pretty middle school pictures, God bless you, okay? God bless you, because I didn't. 
I had the goofy teeth and like just, you know, like the hair bad. I, it, was just, it was just all bad. Just burn all those years of pictures, okay? Let's not remember them. So for me, I got picked on a lot. I, it was just, it was, I got bullied in middle school. It was a tough season of my life. So going into my ninth grade year, I realized either they're gonna crush me or I'm gonna crush them, right? So I decided I'm gonna crush them. I figured out that through my anger and my rage, I could manipulate other people. I could strike fear in other people. I could make sure that they did what I wanted, not me doing what they wanted, right? But how many of you know that that's a toxic cycle? And that toxic cycle didn't leave at the end of my ninth grade year. That toxic cycle actually followed me into my 30s into my 40s, and now I'm hanging out the side of my window with all of my children in my car, yelling at people, telling them they're number one and that I was gonna fight them, right? Come on, y'all, y'all so holy up in here, okay? Right? And so toxic cycles will follow us, like toxic cycles of like things like comparison. I've struggled with this my whole life comparing what other people had that I didn't, comparing why I felt like somebody else, like God was doing something in somebody else's life, but he wasn't doing it in mine. And it's amazing how we have a front row seat to that constantly, seeing what everybody else is doing, right? And, and here's what's interesting about that. We know in the back of our heads that everybody's putting their best foot forward. Right, I mean like everybody posts the perfect Christmas picture, right? That wasn't a perfect Christmas picture. There was a lot of screaming and yelling and fighting and telling kids that Santa wasn't gonna come and you weren't gonna get your pictures unless you're acting right and you smile, right? But we don't post that and we know that, we, we get that. But yet we still have a front row seat to comparison on a daily basis. And it creates these toxic cycles in our heart, toxic cycles like fear, right? I mean, instead of looking at it through the lens of God's got me and God's for me and God won't let me down and he's never let me down and he's always with me and he's in my future, I just look at the lack that I have staring in front of me. See, toxic cycles, right, can happen, and listen, I know that you might not have had a toxic cycle for 38 years. You might not have felt like you've been crippled for 38 years, but you might feel like it's been seven years. You might feel like it's been 14. Maybe it's been 23 years where you feel just like Israel. You have been wandering in the desert thinking to yourself, will we ever get to the promised land? Will I ever overcome? Can I ever find freedom? And my answer to you today is this. It is yes. You can find freedom. And I believe in the name of Jesus, you will find freedom. But there's one key tool that is going to have to change, one key thing that's gonna have to change in your life, and it's this. It's your thinking. It's your thinking. 
It's the way you perceive that toxic thing. It's a way that you perceive your future. It's a way that you see your relationship with God. You're going to have to change your thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says this. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of culture around you. It was like five, six days ago now. Um, I woke up one morning, I was just talking to the Lord, and the Lord just emphatically said, shut down all social media. I I need you to fast it for the rest of the month. I need you just to shut it down. And it's amazing when you shut down everybody else's opinions, how quickly you can start hearing the right opinions. Me and Jess went to uh, we went to brunch yesterday with Luke, and we were driving. I'm social. I'm fasting social media. Jess is fasting social media, and, and we were just driving uh, to the breakfast place. And I told Jess, I said, I know it's only been five days, but it's amazing how much clearer my thoughts are right now. How, how freeing my thought life is right now. How, how easy it is right now in this moment to hear from the Holy Spirit. She's like, yeah, it just feels so refreshing. That was her word. It feels refreshing. Because here's what I can tell you. I am just sick, and I felt this way even going into the new year before the Lord asked me to fast this. And can I just say this? Isn't it incredible that like fasting social media is this big of a thing? If you would have told me 20 years ago, like there's gonna be a day that you're gonna be so addicted to your phone that you'll be at a, like a red light and you'll scroll a few times, you know what I mean? At a red light, don't act holier than thou, like you haven't done that, right? or you're in the Chipotle line, right? Or you're on a conference call and you're like, yeah, this is a boring conference call. I'll scroll a few times. If you would have told me 20 years ago that we would be so addicted to that and that, that fasting social media would be a thing, I would have laughed at you, right? But it is. But I, but I told Jess this going to the new year. I said this, I am so sick and tired of everybody's opinion. I'm tired of everybody telling me what I need to do. I'm tired of everybody telling me their thoughts and their views and their opinions. And can I even say this? I am so sick and tired of hearing Christians' point of views. And you're like, why? Because that's what God told them, not what God has told me. See, the verse goes on and says this but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformatting of how you think. It's not somebody else's job to tell you what God needs for your life. It's the Holy Spirit's job. That's why we have a devotional life. That's why we make time to spend time with the Lord and pray and to read the word. It's not so that we can do this holy act. It's an opportunity that we're inviting the Holy Spirit in and go, okay, what are you saying about my marriage? You want me to tell you something the Lord told me about my marriage? I'll tell you. This is like a month and a half ago. I asked the Lord, we were kind of like snippy with each other. Anybody know what I'm talking about that's been married, okay? Gonna get an amen from all the married people, right? We're just kind of snippy with each other. 
kind of like button heads a little bit. So I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, what's going on? You know what he said? He said, you need to find a show. I was like, what? He's like, you need to find a show. See, for months, me and Jess, every week, we were coming together like once or twice a week. We had the show that we were watching. I know you all want to know the show, but I'm not going to tell you the show. Okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad show, but I'm not going there. But we were watching the show together, and it was just bringing us together each week. And you go, well, that's, what's holy about that? Well, there's something really holy about a married couple spending time together and having quality time together and just being together and talking and laughing and being together. And what happened is that show ended, and for a few months, we weren't watching the show and we weren't having those moments again. And so the Holy Spirit said, find a show. Why? To just bring us back together. See, the Holy Spirit knows what you need about every area of your life. It says this, it will empower you to discern God's will. Do you know that God has a will for every area, your finances, your home, your children, no matter what you're facing in this life, the Holy Spirit has wisdom and thoughts to impart into you to change what? The way you think. To change the way you see things. To change the way you process. See, listen, this is what I believe. A miracle actually happened before the man ever stood up. And I'm gonna tell you what the miracle was. His thinking changed. Because his response in verse seven, his response was what? No way. There's no way. I don't see any way. God comes to us and he goes, hey, I wanna heal your marriage. And you go, no way, God, I don't know how. We're bitter, we're angry, we're tired, we're frustrated. No way, God, how? We go, God, God goes, hey, I wanna heal your finances. I wanna help you get out of debt. How, God? Do you see this $23,000? How am I supposed to pay that off? We go, no way, God. See, the first thing that had to change in this man's life before he ever walked was his thinking had to change. His thinking had to be renewed. What's so interesting to me is this. He thought that the pool was his answer. He was so invested in the thought that he had nobody to help him. He was so invested in the thought that somebody always got there before him. And there's people right now in this room or online, I promise you think, I'll never get that promotion, I'll never get to the next level, somebody always gets there before me, and the Lord's going, I need to change the way you think. I need to change your thinking. I need to change the way you see things because here is what's so incredibly interesting is that Jesus doesn't respond to his negativity. Did you see that? Do you know, look at this, look, look what he says. He says, stand up. Jesus would be canceled today. Could you imagine somebody taking a video of Jesus talking to a crippled man that had been lame for 38 years and had never walked? And he says, hey, nobody can get me into the pool. And Jesus just totally bypasses his negativity and just says, hey, stand up. We would think, oh my gosh, 
How insensitive is he? How cruel is he? How could he ever talk to another human being like that? We have this picture that Jesus is the sissy Jesus. I'm sorry, he's not. Okay? He looks at him and he goes, no, stand up. Just like I think God is speaking to a lot of us today, he's going, stand up. I haven't called you to that fear. I haven't called you to that addiction. I haven't called you to that coping mechanism. I haven't called you to that life. I need you to stand up. I need you to take my word. I need you to make it the foundation of your life. I need you to know that my, my promises are yes and amen, and I need you to stand on my promises. Stand up. Right? He speaks to him in what? Faith. He addresses him in faith. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God has what? Authority, right? Provision, blessing. So it's really important that you take the time to listen to what God's exactly saying to you. Write it down. That's why, like, like, my friend Abner, which we're gonna have in, if you've never been a part of, of one of those moments, I have a great friend, his name is Abner. He's a prophet to nations. He travels the world, prophesies all over the world. He's gonna come back this fall uh, to our church. We're gonna have a couple days with him. Every time Abner comes in, I'll, I'll take the recording of what God spoke through Abner over my life and we'll write it down, word for word, because I need to know what God said word for word. Right? Because there's power, there's authority in what the Lord said. Jesus says, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Ephesians chapter four, verse 13 says this, I can do all things, all things. I can honor my wife, I can go and work out, I can be faithful, steward of my finances, I can do all things through what? Which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. So no matter what I face, no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what toxic cycle I've had in my life, through his grace, his strength, his empowerment, I can overcome. There's nothing I can face in this world that is too hard to overcome outside of his power and his grace. Anything he's called me to do, anything he's called you to do, he will empower you to do it. It says, I am self-sufficient in whose strength? Christ's sufficiency. Not mine, not mine. So I really believe this, the first thing that happened for this man to be healed, his thinking was changed. He started for the first time, he thought to himself in 38 years, I can get up. For some of you today, today needs to be the first time in a long time that you think, yeah, I don't have to watch porn. I don't have to drink too much this year. I don't have to overeat this year. I don't have to run 
to this coping mechanism this year. Today, for the first time in a long time, needs to be the first day, the first moment in a long time that your thinking changes and you believe, yeah, through the power of Christ Jesus, I can overcome today. I can, through his grace and his power. Point number three is this, stop believing the lie. I believe one of the greatest tools of the enemy is him lying to us. And one of the great lies that he had told this man is that God had forgotten about him. His friends had forgotten about him. The world had forgotten about him. He was left for dead. And when the enemy gets our ear and and gets us into this place of hopelessness, that there is no hope, it's really hard to see our future without these toxic cycles. Listen, let me tell you something. God has not forgotten one promise that he's ever spoken over your life. Not one. He is faithful to his word and he is faithful to his promises. So then the question is, where is the disconnect of us seeing God's faithfulness sometimes in our life? And I truly believe the disconnect is this, it's us. I believe God is waiting on us to get to the end of us. Why 38 years? I mean, I can't prove it to you, but maybe that was the length of time that this man needed to get to the place where he would surrender and go, okay, whatever you say. Because remember what he says. He believes the pool is the answer. So for 38 years, he believes that the pool is his healing, is his, it's what, it's going to heal him. See, there's so many times that we're, we're talking to God and we're telling God, God, that, that girl, that guy, they're the one. They're the one. I, I know that you might have somebody else, but this is who I have in mind, God. This is my future. <laughs> you laughing, aren't you? It's, it's real. Yeah, you're living it right now, right? You're like, God, this is the one. We're telling God, this is, this is the plan that you have for me. We're telling God, God, this is the job you have for me. That job will complete me. That job will make me happy. That job will fulfill my life. We're telling God that promotion, God, that's the promotion that we need to get the wealth that we want. God, that person, when that person changes, then we'll find peace. God, my plan, my plan, my plan. And I truly believe that God just is just watching and waiting. And he's just going, okay, Jeff, are we gonna go around this mountain again this year? Or is this the year? Because it can be the year. Do you know at any moment in time, you can find freedom? The Lord's just waiting for you to get desperate to get to the place that you go, okay, God, I have lived my plan. I've done it my way. Now what is yours? Because mine isn't working. And I need your thoughts. I need your plan. Point number four is this, new perspectives. New perspectives. Jesus says to the man, pick up your mat and walk. Now, our response, typically when the Lord comes to us and goes, hey, I want you to pick up your mat of dysfunction. It's time. We're not laying in this anymore. This, this mat, is a, it's a mess. This bed, 
that you're sleeping in right now, of sin, this bed of dysfunction, this bed of emotional ups and downs, this bed, it's a mess. And we're not gonna sleep there anymore. And the Lord comes to us and he goes, hey, I need you to pick up your mat, pick up that dysfunction, we're done with that dysfunction. We're going to remove this dysfunction. We're gonna let it go. But we look at the Lord and we go, Lord, I don't know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, Lord. I've been addicted for a long time. I've been stuck in destructive thought patterns for a long time. All I've known is lust for a long time. My family was always negative and the victim, and, and we're the victims, and we're negative. God, we've been stuck for a long, long time. But the Lord goes, no, 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 no. I need you to stand up. What is the Lord saying? He's saying, I need you to put some action to your faith. See, what you do is just as important as what you believe. People tell me all the time, man, I believe that Jesus can heal and restore, yet they don't apply it to their own life. This is what I truly believe. I truly believe the man was healed as he was in the act of standing up, not before. I, I can't, I wasn't there. I can't prove it to you, but this is what I know about faith. It says this, that faith without action, it is dead. We, we can come here, we can worship the Lord, we can shout, we can get excited, and I love all that. I'm all for that. I'm not trying to have some dead, quiet church. They're boring. They're dull. I want to have faith. I want to exercise in faith. But, but here's what I know. You got to put action to it. See, when God tells you to pick up and move, you got to pick up. Before we started the church, for about a year and a half before we left our job and quit our job and moved. The Lord would talk to me for a year and a half. Hey, it's time to go start the church. But I just had toxic cycles in my life, like fear. And I couldn't see how. Because I didn't have the money, I didn't have the provision. I didn't have all the people. I didn't have all the tools. I didn't have everything I needed to start the church. And so the Lord would tell me, hey, I need you to go start the church. And I would just do nothing because I had probably more fear in my lack than I had in what God was saying. Anybody relate? And so, so one night, it's about a year and a half into this, I'm, I'm walking the neighborhood and I'm praying and the Lord said, now. He said, now. He said, you can't wait any longer. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something? Sometimes, sometimes you're gonna miss a window of what God wants to do because you're so stuck in fear. 
Don't miss the window. The Lord said, now. And I just knew I was at a crossroads. I knew it was now or never. And, and listen, I was really comfortable. I had a great job. Me and Jess both worked at the church. We were really comfortable. We had a great house. Our, our boys were doing well. We had a great school that their kids went to. Everything was, like nothing was broken. Everything was actually perfect. And Lord was asking me to leave what I felt like was perfect at that moment in my life. He said, now. So the next morning, I woke up. I went to work. I went to Pastor Pat's office. I knocked on the door. I said, hey, can we talk today? I need to talk to you about some stuff going on in my life. He said, yeah, come on. Come on in. I sat down and I said, hey, listen, the Lord has told me to go start this church and I have to do it now. He said, what does that look like? I said, I got I to gotta leave in the next three months. And he said, we love you. We, it's going to be hard without you, but we get it. You need to go do what the Lord's asked you to do. And he, and he looked at me. He said, do you know how you're going to do it? I said, no, I don't. But the Lord told me to do it now. And as long as he's with me, I'm okay. What was interesting is this. Two days later, I went to the mailbox, and in the mail was a letter from somebody that we had done ministry with about 10 years prior, somebody that served in our ministry 10 years ago. And, and we would see each other on social media, but I really hadn't seen this person in a long time. And in this letter, it was just a letter of encouragement to me, but in the letter, it said, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're gonna start a church. And the Lord told me to be the very first person to invest in that church. And in that letter was a $1,000 check. But you know when that provision came? When my action started. See, we're waiting on the provision and God's waiting on your action. We're waiting See, we all think that the man was sitting there and like he had this like moment where his like legs started to shake and all the strength came back and he felt all the power back in his legs and his back. That's, that's not really what happened. The Lord said, stand up. Stand up in your weakness. Stand up in your lack. Stand up in your fear. Stand up in your worry. Stand up. And as you stand up, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes with his strength and his grace and his help and his provision. Let me show it to you. Second Corinthians, put it on the screen for me. But he answered me, my grace My grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your what? 
not strength. But through your weakness, through your weakness, so I will celebrate, not my strength, I'll celebrate what? My weakness. He says, because in my weakness, I have a deeper sense of God's mighty power. I shared this last month in December. I shared that the Lord told me the plan that he had for me personally in this new year was to work out. Uh, and I was like, well, can we get a different plan, God? Do you have a different, like, path? <laughs> and he was like, no, this is the path. So I started, I've started to work out. And I'm telling you right now, there are muscles that I didn't even know existed on my body that hurt right now. Like, like right now, like, there's a muscle back here. I've been doing push-ups, and it's just on fire right now. I promise you, like, when I was worshiping, I had my hand up. I was just like, oh, God, Jesus, thank you. I'm being serious. So yesterday, I'm at the gym. Any of you ever been on a stair climber before at a gym? I truly believe the devil himself made this piece of equipment, okay? And I'm, I'm on this, like, stair climber, and I'm, I'm doing these stairs, and I'm at, like, you know, the 15th, 16th, 17th floor of, of going up these stairs, and, like, my heart is beating out of my chest, and I'm thinking to myself, is there anybody around because I'm going to pass out and fall off of this thing? Like, I am, I am literally, like, going to die on this thing right now. But you know what's so interesting? is that every time I've worked out in 2024, and this is gonna sound so cheesy, I promise you. You're gonna be like, that's the cheesiest thing I've ever heard in my life. But I swear to you, every time I've worked out in 2024, I can feel an abundance of grace and his presence with me. Amen. The other day, I was, I was walking on the treadmill in my basement and the presence of God filled the room so thick. I'm like walking and crying. I'm like, how am I supposed to do this, God? You told me to work out. And I'm like, just, it was just so thick. Why? Because I'm doing what he's called me to do. I'm breaking toxic cycles in my life. And I'm on that stair climber yesterday. And as cheesy as it sounds, that verse just popped up in my heart. You can do it. Anything I've called you to do, anything I've asked you to do, anything I'm, I'm, I'm setting you to do, you can do it through my grace and my strength. You can do it. And listen, I'm not here to tell you to get in shape. I'm that's what the Lord's told me. You need to hear what the Lord has for you what he has in store for you to change your thinking so that you can break the toxic cycles in your own life. Why don't you stand up this morning? There's an abundance of grace in the room. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, what are toxic cycles 
that I'm repeating over and over and over again. Lord, show them to me right now. do this as an act of faith. I want you to just raise your hands to the Lord as you're giving it to him. Just, if you have some toxic cycles, I got my hands up right now, and you're just releasing it to the Lord. Isaiah says this, the good and obedient will eat the good of the land. There's something about our obedience that releases God's favor and grace and blessing. Father, we surrender these toxic cycles. We surrender these behaviors, these thought patterns. That are not you. They never came from you. Lord, we surrender them to you right now. Lord, we're telling you we want to be well. We want to be well in 2024. We want healing in 2024. Lord, we ask God that your grace would come. Lord, you said my grace is sufficient. So we declare in the name of Jesus, your grace is more than enough. Your power is more than enough. Your strength is more than enough for our healing in our future. Lord, we call the future blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed, free, freedom, freedom from these toxic cycles. Lord, we thank you for grace. There's some addictions in the room that the Lord's going to heal right now if you'll let him. Some childhood trauma that the Lord is healing right now. Speak grace, grace to every mountain. There's some fear, some deep rooted fear. And the Lord says, I know you felt like you failed before, but you weren't failing. You are just coming to this place to find my plan. 